Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. You almost forgot your name there. I'm impressed. Uh, I know I you just said you made a... that I needed you, to go into announcer. Thank you, you very much. You know, I was going to say, I know you just told me you made a mixed drink with a lot of rum, but uh, I didn't think it would hit you that fast. So uh, we are getting right into it today. Um, so just before we get into the Nebraska game, I did have a question I wanted to ask you, Casey. I know we haven't done one of these in a little while, but uh, this one is near and dear to my heart. Uh, so I wanted to ask uh, and see what you thought. Are you ready? Uh, this is the favorite my favorite part of this whole podcast okay well i'm glad i could help so you may or may not have seen that last weekend in the nfl tom brady threw his 600th uh touchdown mm-hmm. something that no quarterback had ever done however um mike evans who caught the ball did not know it was the 600th Indeed. touchdown and simply gave it away to random fan in the crowd who happened to be wearing a mike evans jersey um ultimately the fan was very generous i thought and just simply gave the ball back with Really no assurances that he would get anything in return, um, but I want to read to you what he got in return, and then I'll have my question for you. I'm very familiar. Let's go. So he got – this guy got two signed uh, Tom Brady jerseys and a helmet. Uh, unclear to me if the helmet was signed. Uh, that's poor punctuation in this sentence. Uh, he got a signed Mike Evans jersey and game-worn cleats. He got a $1,000 credit to the team store and then he got a pair of season tickets for the rest of 2021 because this guy isn't even a season ticket holder. He just happened to be in that seat for this game, and he got two season tickets for the remainder of 2022. Um, and then in addition, uh, Tom Brady noted that he either has given or will be giving uh, this gentleman one Bitcoin, which is currently valued as of this recording at $60,000 $60,577.60. So my question to you is, would you have given the ball back? Immediately at the field? Absolutely yes, not. Immediately, because that's what no. this guy did. 
somebody from the Bucks came over to him and was like, you know, we don't know what was said, but I'm sure it was more or less, more or less hey, this was I'll the 600 touchdown ball. I, don't I, worry, I'll take care of it. I guarantee you the phrase, I'll take care of it. Yeah. So you would not have given the ball away right then and there. No. And I would not have stayed right there. I would have, as soon as the guy walked up to me, I said, okay, this is my number. You can call me after this game. I'm going to the parking lot now. Where is security? Escort, please. Yeah, please, someone get me to the parking lot. I've never held $500,000 in my yes. hand. Yes, and we should say that is what people um, who sell memorabilia estimated that were this football to go up on sale or for auction, it would fetch roughly $500,000. So what would um, you have needed to get it out of So I, I said my wife and I were talking about this like after we found out that this guy just gave the ball away. And I said I would need Brady's game-worn jersey from this game. And I would need, you know, and I would need an authenticated, you know, form so that I know it's the one from that game. I would need it signed. And I would need not only season tickets uh, for 2021 and 2022. I'm talking like... For as long as I'm alive, I want season tickets and I want access to the suites. Um, no money. No, I mean, I feel like you you'll get more of if you can get things that they just have no real value to the team, you know, because the team can just throw stuff at you because they've basically got unlimited supply of jerseys and memorabilia to throw at you. Um, but when you start asking for money, I feel like people get a little clinchy, um, you know. So but if you if ask, you for- have the ball. And it's worth five hundred thousand. If they're not gonna give you the money, someone else will give you the money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I mean, what what would you ask for? It was appraised for five hundred thousand dollars. Well, I mean, this was people who from people who just estimate that that's probably what it would have gone gone for. It could have gone for more. It could have gone for way less. I mean, we'll never really know okay. at this point. So let's say hypothetically, I learn when I get home that it's appraised for five hundred. Do you have the football still at this point? I have the football. I have not let go of it. It has went everywhere with me. I haven't showered yet because I don't want to a get it wet or b leave it. Let it out of your sight. Yeah. Right. So this, I I'm gonna do two. Th- if, I, I'm assuming I'm a fan of the team. So yeah, I want, seems like I want the season ticket, preferably for lifetime, but that'll – whatever, though. That That's not – honestly, I don't think going to football games is that much fun. Okay, so that's, that's fair. Me. All right. Um, so it's worth 500000 Okay. Hey, Tom Brady, you are one of the richest people alive. And his wife also and very, very rich. And your wife is very rich. So I'll cut you deep. I want two hundred grand. And I want you to donate 200 grand uh, place of my cheap and you can. Oh, man. Now you're making me look bad because I didn't do anything charitable. You did not. But that's, you know, just the type of person. That's, you are. Yeah, that's just the difference between you and I. You're always thinking yeah, about others. Right. Um. So, yeah, I'm I'm getting actual cash, not a Bitcoin, not a bit. I'm getting actual cash. I will accept a check. It will it will pass. I, yeah, I would think that would clear. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. If I, I get a check from clear. If, if I get a personal mm-hmm. check from Tom Brady, yeah. I'm not really worried about that thing bouncing. So. I will take that money and we will have a nice little service where the ball is presented to him as the check for whatever you to get the fundraising for. Right. And, you know, everyone wins. So I I think if I went your route and got, you know, a $200,000 check from Tom Brady, I would definitely request a giant novelty check. Kind of like uh, in Happy Gilmore where he wanted his winnings, you know, right away and he wanted him one of those big ass checks. I would want one of those just just for the sheer fun of it. Uh, that's fair, but that's also what the the donation is. Like that'll come. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But I mean, I want I want one for me. I mean, I honestly, I guess chances are, if you're up front, maybe it's not life changing. But like, literally, you're holding on to something and have possession 
of something that is a life-changing amount of money. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to get cash. Yeah, $500,000 in your hands just because you happen to be in the right seat yeah. and you happen to be wearing a Mike Evans jersey, the guy who caught the touchdown and had no idea that it was a an important touchdown, an important ball. Yeah. So I, I have two stories. Okay. One's one's a fact. Like, did you know that the players, when they give the ball up into the stands, they get fined? So like, no. middle of the week, Mike Evans will have to pay like fines to the NFL for giving the ball. Away. That's really dumb. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, technically, you're as a team, you're only allowed to bring so many balls in that you can play with. So those are, I, I guess, I don't. Know. It's the yeah. They're the no yeah. fun league is really right. a true statement. Second of all, have you ever caught a like foul ball or anything at a baseball game? Yes, I caught two in one game. Okay. It was a Cubs game. The first one was a foul ball by Rafael Palmero down right. the sideline. Was this before or after he got busted for steroids? Exactly, before. And it hit, and Sammy Sosa is the one that fielded it and threw it into the... Okay. So that thing was radiating when I had it in hand. Right. I'm like, I'm like 12, <laughs> and I can feel my palm pulsing from... Yeah, just, just go out just and do some bench press. Genetic. And then I got another one later, and I gave it as a baseball. Oh, John Rocker was pitching that game. Oh my gosh, you've just got like some of the I, most infamous players. Yeah, in this as a ten-year-old, like my heckling, mm, top so notch, so yeah. Good. And this is like winding down his career, Rocker, like way on the way on the dark side. Yeah, really. Uh, his career went down very fast after he made those comments back in you know whatever year that was. I can't even remember, but man, he fell off quick. Um, I've also caught a football at a Purdue uh, bowl game. Uh, the, like an extra point or what? Uh, it was at halftime and the kickers were warming up. And ah, it, okay. it went left in the end zone and I caught it. And Did I really just, like, wanted to away? leave then. Yeah. But it wasn't worth $600,000. So the guy was guy was standing, you know, the ball guy like, hey, toss it here. And I told him to run a, a go route. And did, I mean, did he catch it? Was it a good he throw? He did catch it. Okay. I, I got a great arm. Left. Well, hey, you know, you never know. Sometimes in these stories, I feel like you're I'm, always the hero. I'm so a I, I wonder. I'm a fat <laughs> A fat <Okay>. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I appreciate the fact that you know your limitations. <laughs> like, I'm not going to run to you, but I can throw mm-hmm. it. You know? <laughs> well. All right. So there we go. I think this guy, I mean,. He got a decent deal. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do with now three signed jerseys. Um, maybe keep one of the Brady jerseys and and try to sell one of them. He'll get some extra cash that way. But um, it, he's got a, now a random assortment of stuff. I'm not sure how, how far a $1,000 credit at the team store, you know, that's in the stadium is going to take you. Yeah, it's like two hats. Uh, right. I have been Are- – I've to a game at uh, Raymond James Stadium, and I've been to the team store. Uh, that That's just like every other team store at a stadium you've ever been to, way overpriced. Are you a memorabilia guy? I mean, uh, not too much. Um, I mean, when I was younger, I had all short, sorts of, like, baseball cards, starting lineups, um, you know, little, little like, mini bats, little tiny, like, are, mini helmets. What are starting lineups? Starting lineups, like the little sports – almost like sports action figures basically of like famous athletes you don't you don't know what a starting lineup is Mm -mm. what in the world is wrong with you i don't my parents never took me to disney i didn't know love well i mean i I could have told you that just based on your interactions with (laughs) but uh we don't i don't think we have time to get into that now um it would be less traumatizing than what we're about to talk about yeah that's true um but no, I mean, do you have a whole bunch of sports memorabilia in your house? Oh, no, I don't do any memorabilia of anything. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have like... You've got books. Yes, uh, I knew that. 
Um, I do have that you got it at an estate sale. I did. Great Um, deal. It's gorgeous. I have some autographs of uh, some Purdue folks. So I have like a Gene Cady autograph. I have a Joe Tiller autograph. Did Gene Cady come to your class? He came to my class. No, but I I did not grow up in Lafayette. That's right. You're from. Yes, I am from Connorsville. Uh, I did. Joe Tiller came to Connorsville. Um, Oh. He he came like the Purdue uh, Alumni Association of Fayette County. Uh, he was doing like a tour of the state, and he came, and uh, my brother, my dad, and I went, and that's where I got that autograph and a, a picture with Tiller. So that's I've a pretty that. cool autograph. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he was very—he was a very nice guy. He was gave an interesting speech, fun to listen to. So uh, that was a fun one. Cool. Yeah. All um, right. Well, I—I—it's—I—I <laughs> I, I think as Joe Tiller was around relatively not that long compared to a lot of Purdue legends. I think he's just like the coolest of the Purdue. Yeah, he really, he really just seemed like he was a guy who would just sit back and shoot the shit with you. I mean, uh, he literally in Mon- I, Montana where he had a house and retired. He's like, if you're a boilermaker, there, there was a story yeah, I think in the by. Journal and Courier that someone's like, I'm in Montana. Hey, Joe, can I come by? Yeah, come on over. Yeah, it's just wild. It's kind of like, I mean, um, Jimmy Carter does the same thing, and he's like, you know, in his 90s, people still just like come to his house and knock on the door, and he just like invites him in. And talks to people. That makes sense. I mean, Joe Tiller is a Jimmy Carter of college football. Yeah, that's what I've always said. Both love peanuts. <laughs> you know, it's just a good time. Um, all right. Now I think we've delayed long enough. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to break down and predict the Nebraska game. So we will be right back. And we are back to talk about the upcoming game against Nebraska. The dog is awake. We are ready to go. So just a little something about Nebraska here at the top. Um, I know Casey's going to give us some stats here in a second. Um, but I just want to mention they currently sit at 3-5 and five overall. Uh, it's not been a great season for Nebraska, but I think they're better than their record shows. Granted, they did lose uh, their first game to Illinois. They allowed 30 points to Illinois, lost 30-22. to 22. Um, and then they've since lost uh, to number three Oklahoma. They only lost by a touchdown. They lost to Michigan State in overtime by three. They lost to, again, top-ranked uh, Michigan, top-ten-ranked Michigan by three. And then they just recently, uh, this last week, lost to Minnesota by a touchdown. Um, their only victories are over Fordham. Buffalo and then Northwestern, who they actually took down 56 to seven. Um, so that one was uh, that one was a bit of a rout, but that's really the only team that they've defeated that is really worth anything. I mean, I don't think anybody would say Fordham or Buffalo are really putting the shivers in many opponents, but three and five uh, on the season, they're fighting for their bowl eligibility lives. You know, they can't continue to lose these games if they want to make it to a bowl game. Their remaining schedule is us, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. So things do not get uh, easier after they play Purdue uh, this coming Saturday at 3.30 on ESPN2. But uh, if they want to get to bowl eligibility, this is a game that they have to have. Um, so Casey, what can you tell me and our listeners about the Nebraska Cornhuskers? They are by far the most hated college in the big, well-deserved. I think most people are just tired of Nebraska bullshit. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's just not, we don't need them around. I don't know why they're here. Yeah. We can let them leave. They're not a great fit. I don't think in the conference, maybe it's just because they're so new, but like, I, I just don't care. It's like we got drunk at a party, made out, and then 
they mumbled their way to like, oh, are you my boyfriend now? And you're just like, yeah. And then like every time you see them, they're just like, ha we're not related. No, <laughs> no, you don't stand for anything that we do. Just, um, I guess you want like actual football stuff. Yeah. I was thinking okay. maybe some, you know, like top receiver, top running back. How's their offense look compared to the rest of the teams we faced? What is their defense good at? Things like that. All right. That. Okay. Well, now that I know the parent. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, here- I really, I, I really should have been more clear. Yeah. So first of all, I, I don't, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that Adrian Martinez would be the quarterback we face with the highest completion percentage, he's coming in completing 64.5% of his passes. Yeah. that And, and for Purdue opponents, that's basically a hundred percent. Yeah. that That's Ted Williams completion percentage. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a number we'll <laughs> never see again, folks. Yeah. Um, so what they have is a running, they're a team that wants to run the ball. Obviously it's Nebraska. They get away from the route. They're not, they're pretty good at running. They, they take up a lot of yards. Uh, so their yards per game, they're at 456 on the year. That's 18th best, but they're only 60th best. Sitzing. Their red zone percentage is at 70, which is not the most impressive. Not, no, not good. Not, not great. Um, let me look down here, see their turnover margin, and they are exactly even. One giveaway a game, one takeaway. So it's not even that they're turning the ball over. Uh, the thing is that their their entire offense is based off, we're going to run a lot, play action deep, try to pick up some big gains quickly, uh, move the sticks. But when it really comes into a time where, you know, when the field shrinks, the defense gets better, this offense really doesn't, they don't run the ball well enough, and they're not quite sharp enough in their passing game to really make teams pay for it in the red zone yeah and well one 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 thing that i thought was wild you mentioned their running game the fact that adrian martinez yes the same adrian martinez who plays quarterback is their leading rusher with 433 yards that's what he is uh, okay we are very familiar with adrian P- martinez he's been around for a long time they have some decent running backs uh ramir johnson's you know 4.6 a carry on the year but yeah, it is a very Adrian Martinez is going to run the ball. He's going to run the ball a lot. He's got 96 carries on the season. As long as 75 yards, he's a good athlete. He's got 10 rushing touch. Yeah, that, that is, is their offense. So if you can stop him, which is why I am encouraged, we'll get there in a bit. But you know, we're a fast should, even though we never do. There's never been a Purdue defense that has been good against athletic. But we have the kind of speed that would be able to limit what Adrian Martinez can do breaking us with big runs. The biggest thing I see is that their defense is just bad. It's not good, especially against the pass. Which, which is obviously the strength of the Purdue offense. It, it, it is certainly what our focal point is. Well, so I'm you know, hoping strength is relative. So I'm hoping, yes, that strength is relative. So the fact that we do want to throw the ball at all times because we can't run, that that will mean I'm encouraged that we are one of the most efficient in terms of just completing the ball. Like we are completing almost 70% of our passes and we are running 60% pass play, 60% mark in the eighth in the country. I'm hoping that that means we are going to complete a lot of passage. This Nebraska defense is not good. So we are going, this should be a David Bell game. Well, let's hope. I mean, uh, Wisconsin found a way to nearly shut him out entirely after, you know, Iowa good. Right. But I mean, Iowa was supposedly a good defense as well and just decided we have the players that can stop him one-on-one and didn't really do anything. And then he went off for 240 yards on him. So um, I would imagine, like you said, Nebraska will be more toward the uh, Wisconsin playbook of how to play David Bell rather than the Iowa playbook. I, I just think this is this is probably the last game in our schedule where we are better than them pretty much throughout the field. 
and the only X factor is is Adrian Martinez's legs enough to give us problems. I, I think even after the Wisconsin game, we both feel pretty good about our defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the defense, obviously, they let it, they allowed a lot of points against Wisconsin, but, you know, the offense did put them in some bad spots, and they were they were on the field against a running team for a lot of time, and that just wears you down. So it's going to be – I've been pretty happy that we have been both aggressive and pretty disciplined on attacking gaps, which is what you have to do against an athletic quarterback. You can't – you can't try to make a play on the other side of the line when you're not supposed to be there. You have to attain the edge. You have to stay disciplined. And our linebackers are very fast. So I'm encouraged by that. And I, they are completing 65% of their passes, but that is a bit of a mirage. And they're not going to attack us deep. So I think our secondary can really play aggressive, play up at the line of scrimmage. And I'm encouraged that, you know, Karloftis can cause some problems, that, that our defense can continue to be really, really good. And our offense... It, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, Brom did mention, you know, at one of his press conferences that Aiden O'Connell is going to be the starter. Um, he also mentioned that they were going to try to work out uh, Xander Horvath on Wednesday in practice. Am but, I? Am I crazy but Brom, here? Well, but but Brom, I want to finish. Oh, but Brom sorry. also said it is unlikely that he'll play. They were not optimistic about it, but it sounds like they were going to see on Wednesday and see what he could do. Uh, and then make a decision uh, going forward. I've not seen an update since then. We're recording this on Thursday, but it seems to me very unlikely that Horvath will be back for this game. Do you think Horvath makes our running game much better? I don't know how much better, uh, but I do certainly think he is better than Doru. You do? Yes. I'm not always sold. I mean, I, I think Horvath is able to take more hits. I think he's a bigger and stronger running back than Doru. And with the fact of... Our offensive line does not open great holes. I think Do- um, I think Horvath has the ability to shake more tackles and kind of make the first guy miss more than Doru does. Um, and I don't know that, you know, it's like, it's not as if you're going from, you know, like a, a six to a 10. You're probably going from like a six to a seven and a half. So it's a noticeable difference, but it's nothing that's going to really change the, the nature of the running game. That's probably fair. Um, he definitely does break a few tackles. I... I was a little disappointed with them in the start of the season, especially in the past game. Horvath dropped quite a few passes, but we definitely need at least two guys. That yeah. Play, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if nothing just else, that we just alone for the bodies and the rest. Yeah. 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 So um, one thing I-, I wanted to mention regarding the Nebraska defense, uh, well, I'm sorry, two things I wanted to mention about the Nebraska defense. One, uh, Deontay Williams, their safety has four interceptions uh, already on the year. So he is going to be trouble. Um, he's somebody that we need to look out for. And, you know, that to me is a is a bit of a problem because uh, Aiden O'Connell tends to throw into some risky places, especially down the field. Um, And if Deontay Williams is in the area, he is going to be looking for that ball. So that worries me a little bit. Um, And the other thing that I wanted to mention is something that uh, Drew wrote about on the site um, is he's talking about the Nebraska defense. And one of the things he says is that they you know, they've got good. Uh, they've got good linebackers, but they're they're bigger than they are fast. Um, and basically, that means to me that shows me that it, it's possible that they're going to be pretty good at stopping the run, but stopping the pass is not going to be their strength. So maybe Purdue can find an opening with someone like Payne Durham over the middle, or even have you know some other fast wide receivers go over the middle and hopefully be covered by a linebacker and maybe find an opening. Um, David Bell obviously 
uh, goes over the middle from time to time. So hopefully he can find uh, an opening with those big linebackers. Do you think Brom had enough time to rest to call plays? <laughs> you know, I sure hope so. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Like, is that insensitive? No. I it's just, him it being was a baby, a right? Especially for someone that calls people. Especially for the guy that had the, this is football. I'm the blah, blah, blah guy. Are you talking about the let's play football thing for yeah. the XFL? Is that what you're referencing? Yeah. If, if he's that guy and now complaining about calling plays makes his head hurt. Like it's, yeah. That's fair game, right? It, it's just, it was a very weird quote. Um, I mean, the Purdue football coach had a few days last week of feeling t- very tired and exhausted. That's what it says. Oh. Um, so I, I don't know. The game wasn't even stressful. The Iowa game was easy. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, we'll we'll see, oh, I guess. What a joke. But uh, that was that was definitely strange. I wish I could find the real quote. That was just somebody talking about what was said. Um, so I, I can't find the actual quote right now. But so I mean, I think Nebraska. To me, they they are a lot better than their record says because they've really only lost to one bad team, and that's Illinois. <laughs> Although Illinois did beat Penn State in a nine-overtime game this last week, which was just ridiculous. Um, and and they've held they've they've gone against good teams and come close, you know, with not only Oklahoma but Michigan State and Michigan. Um, the combined they've lost to those three teams by 13 points. So they're obviously they're doing something right on both sides of the ball to stay in these close games. Um, so I'm pretty worried about this game, especially because we are going on the road to Nebraska. So I think this is going to be um, a really tough game for Purdue. So um, Casey, as we've done, unless you want to say anything else, I will let you uh, go first uh, and make your prediction for for this game. I got one thing because it's – I just feel it's weird. This team's so weird because every week I feel like we have to move the goalpost again because everything has been so extreme one way or the other week to week. So it just kind of feels like this week is going to be about is our defense elite elite to the point where we're going to be in every game because we know our offense. Right. We are not a complete – we know that. Now. After the Iowa game, we were all high and mighty because we put together – a complete four quarters where we look dominant on both halves and then that offense and and now like we can't look away from that beast so games like this where we play a team that's not that good and nebraska's not win or lose nebraska is not a good football team it's gonna come down to does our defense just shut them and if so that's that's our truth one more time oh well we're we're a one-sided team on the side we're not used to being really yeah yeah it, i mean it's gonna be an interesting game um as was said a couple years ago with the Nebraska game from the Nebraska side of the ball, I think for both teams they could chalk this up as a winnable game, uh, and we'll see what happens. So, I, I mean, honestly, I think I think AOC is going to look good because he looks good against bad defenses. That's what he yep. does. He carves yep. them up because he makes quick bad decisions against athletes and good teams. Against bad teams, our guys win. Yeah, it's as simple as yeah. that. Well. All right, so I, I will jump in before you make your pick. I do want to say both of us were wrong last week uh, oh. because we were both got high on our own supply. I was uh, right against on Iowa. Bucky's fifth. Quarter. It doesn't count. Doesn't I missed matter. by like two points. So uh, Casey now sits at five <laughs> and two after picking Purdue twenty-eight, Wisconsin twenty-four, and I sit at a uh, four and three uh, because I picked Purdue twenty-one, Wisconsin seventeen. So. Uh, Casey, you're still up one game on me. So what do you think for this week? As much as I disliked everything about last week, I hate Nebraska even more and believe in them even less. Uh, Purdue 37, Nebraska 20. 
Okay, that is incredible that you think this Purdue offense is capable of scoring 37 points. I think we are against bad defenses. I think AOC, when not challenged, is good because he gets the ball quickly out of his hand. Um, I don't think Nebraska is good on defense at any level. I think we'll get a decent run game. I think we're going to attack them up the seams. I think Durham's going to be good. I think Bell's going to go for close to 200 again. And I I, I don't think they're going to get pressure. And I don't think their linebackers can keep up with our, our playmakers. And I think it's going to be an easy day for AOC. And I think our defense is going to limit them because they're a very one-sided offense. Adrian Martinez is not. He's fast and he can run. And I believe that our linebackers are going to give him a bad day. As long as they stay disciplined, you know, like you were talking about earlier, if they stay disciplined and, you know, follow their assignments, you know, stuff the gaps, then yes, I believe they can give him trouble. Uh, But I'm worried about them keeping that up for an entire game, especially if the Purdue defense finds themselves on the field for a long time, just like they did against Wisconsin. Yeah. Do you want a further prediction? Because I think we're going to win this game by close to two touchdowns, and I think we're going to lose out. Oh, my God. That's depressing. Let's not go there yet. Well, I'm I'm calling it now. Oh, that's depressing. All right. So um, we are going to have uh, someone be right on this podcast. Oh, my. uh, No matter what happens, because I am picking against Purdue. Huh? Uh, I just think Nebraska has played well against very good teams. Um, like I said, I think their record at three and five is, is not really reflective of the team that they are. I think their defense is much better than you're giving them credit for. And I think the Purdue offense is not near as good as, uh, as, as you're talking about with, what did you say? 37 points. Um, so I, I think the Purdue defense can do a pretty good job on this Nebraska offense and slow them down. Uh, but I think as the game goes on, the Purdue offense is just not going to be able to carry their burden and their weight. And I think ultimately Nebraska is going to win uh, 28 to 13. Damn. I mean, 13 points is about the average. <laughs> so, I don't know. I have no logical reason for why I picked 37. <laughs> hey, you know, it's fine. You're on record now. So yeah, it, it's fine. I don't feel good you about edit, it. Unless you edit this all out. Uh, when I'll, and I'll listen Ghost tomorrow. So, yeah. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, we Next week, either Casey will be up two games on me or we very well could be tied. Um, so that is, is going to be it for us. We will talk with you again uh, next week once we get the results of this Nebraska game. Um, Thank you for listening. Let us know in the comments or on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, if you got anything you want us to discuss or if you t- think we're doing a terrible job, tell Casey. Don't tell me. So uh, Hold on. You really think that's wise? Yeah, I think it's fine. You want me uh, just to handle don't... PR? Okay, I take that back. <laughs> Let me know, and then we'll see what we can do. All right? Uh, so for Casey and myself, thank you for listening, and Boiler Up. Is this like Bueller? Are we trying to do it? A... Okay. <laughs> 